1: Ronananian. The problem was very obvious how the wheels were out of balance, but the issue with stepping on the brakes well, good gosh, the the front brake calipers were locked on. You couldn't turn the front wheels.
0: The Car Doctor.
1: Can I rig up some kind of a temporary, like a toggle switch going to the, like run battery power right directly to the compressor? Well, you you could. The problem is how will you know when to cycle the AC? It'll just run max
0: cold all the time. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to. For their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I
1: am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. You know, I want good things for all of you. I really do. I want you to have the best possible automotive repair experience each and every time you do it. And I want you to understand why I talk about things like this. It's not just to vent. I'm past venting. I've, I've seen this a hundred times, but it was just a classic case of it this week at the shop. And I really felt the need to, to talk about it. I, I think it's something we need to address because I want you to see it for all that it is because it's such a mistake on the part of the person that owns this vehicle. You know, this is how you get into trouble. This is how you end up on the side of the road. This is how you end up at a repair shop that you may not know or you may not like, or you know, maybe your chemistry just isn't right and you just don't get along. And then you end up calling me to say, "Hey, how do I fix this?" I mean, it's just it's just classic. An older customer, an old customer, I should say. I haven't I haven't seen her in at least three years. It was pre-pandemic the last time I saw her. They called this week out of the blue. The daughter was having a problem with the 2016 Mazda that's in the family. The engine was revving up, as she described it. She said the engine revved up, the check engine light was on, the engine was louder than normal, and the car didn't seem to go anywhere. And this was about, oh gosh, it was 10 o'clock one midweekday morning, and um, I had the answering machine on because, frankly, we get so many phone calls now. We, we're, we're trying to cut down on the nonsense phone calls and just filter down so we can get to talk to the customers and you know call them back. So I didn't get a chance to call them back within the hour. They just showed up on our doorstep. And, you know, I sat and I listened and, um, y- you know, they said that they had had the oil changed that morning, not by us, which kind of made me laugh. Not laugh, but just it's odd. I don't understand how you, you I guess I am venting. Right. How you, you go somewhere else for an oil change. And then when there's a problem, then you come to the mechanic. It's uh, the logic escapes me. The check engine light was on, but it had been on since last week prior to the oil change. And the engine sounds funny, and it sounded funny since last week prior to the oil change. It was so long and so far overdue, they thought that getting an oil change was the right way or the right thing to do. Now, you know, I told them, look, I got to be honest. This was, I think this was Thursday. Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Right, Wednesday. We were off this past Friday. We are off first Friday. And I said, you know, I can't really look at this till Monday. Um, And this was Wednesday afternoon. And I don't want to mislead. I don't want to mislead anybody. Listen, if, if nothing else, let's be honest. Let's talk about when can we actually get a look at the car so nobody's surprised, right? And the daughter looked at me and she said, after describing this problem in great detail, after telling me how concerned she was and she feared that she was going to break down, as soon as I couldn't, I mean, literally walk out the door and work on it that minute. Okay, I'll just keep driving it. Maybe I'll call you next week. And she walked out the door and she turned to the mother and said, come on, mom, we got to go. I got to get back to work. And the mother looked at me and I looked at the mother and and the daughter again said, mom, I got I got places to go. You know, I've always said this, right? It, it, It takes a village to raise a child. It really does. It's it's our responsibility as elders, as the old folks, as I as I call us that, you know, we've got to pass things down. Our wisdom, right? Our hard earned sweat equity of life you know, down to the next generation. They've got to be willing to listen, though. And sometimes they have to skin their knees. Sometimes they have to, unfortunately, end up on the side of the road or, you know, the hood up at the most inconvenient time. And and that's a concern, obviously, because of the danger factor. And and sometimes you break down in the worst places and, uh, you know, or worst hours of the day. And I don't know what happened. You know, she either, you know, she either went down the street to the next place You know, or she really is driving it till it breaks again, and then she'll look for somewhere to go. And it seemed that the inconvenience of not having the car serviced immediately seemed to outweigh taking it to someone they could trust. And then I scratched my head and I said, but if they trusted us, what made them come back? What made them go away? Why? What happened? Was it the pandemic? Did they forget about us? You know, what made them leave? You wonder what what changes in, in the rivers of time in the relationship of auto repair that makes somebody go away. But then when they need something when they absolutely have to have someone as she put it that they can trust, boom they're back. You know auto repair is not meant to be quick it's not meant to be fast food it's not meant to be Johnny on the spot. Auto repair and even more so has gotten to, to the point of the majority of it is there's two classifications there's there's maintenance. There's fluids, filters, fuel system cleaning, tire rotations, brake work, uh, you know, maybe some exhaust, maybe some suspension work, you know, shocks and things. But even the shock absorber business has has turned on its head. There's you don't, you don't see the failures like you once did. We've got a 19 Honda Odyssey floating around among the customer base that's got a bad left rear shock. The car's got almost 100,000 miles on it. All right, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that would have been a 40,000-mile shock failure. and maybe not even then. It would have been 20 years ago. Shocks don't fail like they once do. I I kind of wonder what shops are selling that are out there selling shocks on an every-car basis. It just makes me wonder. And my point becomes, you've got maintenance, you've got tire brake work, and then you've got diagnostics. Then you've got the dreaded light. Then you've got the hiccup. The car, it does this weird thing that, you know... On Tuesdays, when the moon is blue, the tide is high, and you go to turn left, pulling out onto the highway. And and that takes a real mechanic. That doesn't take a poser. That doesn't take a quick loop. That takes somebody that understands the system, that's had the training, that's had the schooling, that has the diagnostic equipment, that's got something between their ears more than just a hat rack. And you're not going to get in to see that person quick. You're definitely not going to get in to see them at all if you've got the attitude of, I'll just come back. I tell you this why, because I want you to really, you know, I I can't say this enough that you've really got to think about the relationship you've got with the repair shop and maybe not all of you want it. You know what? There's no rule that says Ron's right every time. Write that down, Tom. But you know, it's, it's a case of, I think going forward having a mechanic you can trust having a repair shop that gets what the vehicle is and how you use it and what's your budget and how they can accommodate you i think that's going to be just as important a relationship as with any other professional in your life doctor lawyer uh, you know whatever it is you know the handyman around the house the electrician the plumber i i think that's all part and parcel of it i think that's just such a huge huge issue going forward that um, you've got to address it, and you got to address it now. Personally, I think. Um, well, I don't know. I, I I don't know what's wrong with that car. I, I thought about it at first. It sounded like a charging system problem, but then the engine revving up, you know, the engine louder than normal. Does it have an exhaust leak somewhere? Uh, you know, and then the fact that the that they just chose to drive it, and I haven't seen the car since. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll 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 show up at Ari Automotive Monday morning, and the car will just be there. I don't know. Um, I just don't know. I, I I hope she's safe. I hope she got to where she had to get. But, you know, it's, it's for you, the person out there trying to find a shop and, you know, trying to figure out what are some of the good things you can do. Because, you see, if you go in and do it right, hi, my name is so-and-so, I've got a car that does this, what's your schedule like? When can I get in? You're now putting that shop on the spot. You're looking to see how do they handle it, all right? you know if if you show them courtesy and you don't get courtesy back, then that's not the shop for you. If they can't realize the importance of the situation and accommodate you, maybe that's not the shop for you you know but you've got to understand that a lot of repair shops and it seems like the better repair shops yeah, it doesn't seem it is. The better repair shops are busy right now. They've got a good backlog of vehicles they're typically 10 to 14 days out some longer and the reason is is because they the, the neighborhood knows who the good guys are the neighborhood knows you know what that shop is capable of and what their history is and and, and how they care for the vehicle and that's just very important, very important. So those are the things you got to think about. Um, you know is it worth the inconvenience? Are you setting yourself up to have a bad car repair experience or do you just not care? all things that well, they put the onus on you, and uh, you just got to be aware of. 855-560-9900. Again, 855-560-9900. Ron and The Car Doctor. I am back right after this. Don't go away.
0: It's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road.
2: at purdueglobal.edu. Don't call
0: us. we we'll That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Hey, let's
1: get over to, oh, let's go over to Sue in Missouri. Sue, how are you today? Ron and Annie at your service. How
3: can I help? Thank you for calling, or thank you for listening to me. I have a 2016 Ford Escape with 96,000 miles on. That's all I know about the car. Okay. Uh, I've had new tires put on. I've had transmission foot change at 73,000. I've had a new battery put in at 82,000, and I had an air filter put in at 91,000. Now, my question is, with 96,000 miles, I'm a widow. I remember my husband going for a tune-up. And there's two questions involved with a tune-up. One, what is the tune-up, and what is it? You know, what do they do? And number two, I'm going on a road trip in June. Should I also have them look at the car besides the tune-up?
1: I'll I'll answer the first one, or I'm sorry, I'll answer the second question with a question. When was the last time somebody changed the oil and actually looked 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 the car over?
3: Uh, I got the last oil changed about ninety one thousand. Okay. And that's all they do. They changed it. They had a tire rotation and they did um an oil change.
1: And it's got 96,000 on it now. Correct. So it's due for another oil change. Yes. And, and, and
3: that's how, another question I'm going to ask you. Okay, about well that. And,
1: and how long ago by time was that last oil change?
3: Uh they do it every 5,000.
1: Okay, but how many how many months?
3: Oh, I uh, I think I had it done in uh Probably I was saying no November or December
1: all right so you're you're four or five months ago
3: Yes okay correct. And, and that's a good
1: number you know it's important to know that oil changes are done by time and or mileage whichever comes first all right you, you know you're on tr- you're on track to do about 10,000 miles a year it sounds like. I wouldn't have an issue if you did an oil change every five to six months on a, on, a regular, oh, okay. a, on a regular, consistent basis, regardless of mileage, as long as they're using a good grade of oil or a, or a correct grade of oil and a synthetic
3: oil. Well, that, that's why I want to ask you. and That's my uh, last question. The last time I got an oil change in a tire rotation, they also added $20 for labor and went up to $115. I think that's outrageous. And it's five W twenty. And could I take it to Jiffy Lube and what type of oil do they you know, these little places around town, what what kind of oil do they put in?
1: Any any it, it sounds like they're putting conventional oil in and that's a question you have to ask them. All right. Uh-huh. And if they're putting conventional oil in that, it's wrong. You know, Ford Motor Company rates that vehicle for a synthetic blend. A lot of places, okay. a lot of places, myself included. We no longer carry synthetic blend. The price difference is a buck a quart, on average, and and mm-hmm. frankly, for what we're trying to protect and what we're trying to accomplish, that that five dollars or six dollars over the course of an oil change doesn't mean anything. a A typical full synthetic oil change here in New Jersey will average one hundred and twenty five to one hundred and fifty dollars, just for the okay. oil, just for the oil change. So if they're doing okay. if if they're doing an oil change and a tire rotation for $115, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would be concerned. Are they are they balancing the tires when they rotate them, do you know? Or are they just are, that they, just, I, are not,
3: they that that I don't know. I just asked for a tire rotation.
1: Okay. And you're doing that how often?
3: About every 10.
1: Okay, and that's fine. You may find going every other oil change. Well, at the rate you're going, it sounds like you're going to be doing an oil change every 8,000 miles, so that would be every four, so that's too soon. We typically see, and again, it depends on how the tires are wearing. We typically see small SUVs like your Escape, like a lot of vehicles. Tire rotations are done every six to 8,000 miles. So, but if 10,000 okay. is if, if, if working for you, you know, a lot of this is based on, you know, how you drive, where you go, what kind of loads you carry, and what type of vehicle it is. Uh, you know, to answer the question about could Jiffy Lube do this? Sure. Are they going to use as good a quality of an oil? Or are they going to use a synthetic oil or conventional oil? You know, every repair shop, Jiffy Lube dealership, independent or otherwise, is only as good as the people in them. And if you're okay. shopping, if you're shopping by price, in the case of auto repair, you know, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. There's usually something that gets compromised. Unfortunately. Okay. The reality is, auto repair is not a cheap experience anymore. It really isn't. Okay. Um, okay. If, 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 for instance, and I'll, I'll say this as gently as I can, so you know, for the person that is on a, you know, on a budget and X number of dollars, I I really think that if it's if it's out there and it's in the cards, you, you consider a lease because on a lease vehicle, you're going to be a fixed payment every month. There's, you know, there's minimal maintenance. There's a couple of oil chains involved in the course of a lease over a three four year period, and then you're done. You're out of the vehicle. Uh, you know, there's no there's no big major expense, and you're mm-hmm. you're always in something new. You're always in something with, you know, that's safe, that's reliable. Of course, you're always in the latest technology, and you know, you may not. You're maybe you're like some of the other folks out there. Technology and touch screens and heads up displays tend to be overwhelming at times so that's something to consider but you know that escape at 96,000 miles is it's got miles on it it's got a 100 grand it's 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 a transmission failure away from costing you six grand to repair and 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 then what do you do so you know it's now four six it's seven years old correct right so you know a 100,000 miles is a lot of mileage so it's 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 instead of the Jiffy Lube and instead of you know wherever you're going if if you're comfortable where you're going let me ask you this question when you wherever you're going are you comfortable with them do they seem like they've got your best interest at heart are they looking over the vehicle or do you think they're looking out for you or are they just taking your money
3: well it's just I, wherever I, where I where I bought the car is where I go to get my oil change
1: okay so it's a dealership correct and that's fine. And the service writer knows you, and it's hi Sue. How are you? What do you want to do on the sixteen escape today? That kind of a thing, mm-hmm. or, or is it is, mm-hmm. it is it always high pressure for a sales? Uh, no, event? they've
3: never said. In fact, they never said anything about the tires, and I hydroplaned, and that was terrifying. Okay, so I went home and got tires right okay. away. Right. So uh, no, they never said a word about anything about the car.
1: You know, and and maybe and maybe they're not doing enough. You know, it's 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 a problem. Listen, I I really think. You know, I read reports, and I still see them from time to time on the industry that auto repair, on average, a month, is one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and fifty dollars a month maintenance after it's three years old, and I still believe that to be a true number. Sit tight, Sue. Let me uh, let me come back to you after I take this pause. I'm Ron Anney and the Car Doctor here at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Want to join in the conversation? Give us a call. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
2: at PurdueGlobal.edu. After six hours
4: of school, I had enough for the day. I hit the radio dial and it up all the way. I got a dance, dance, dance.
1: Welcome back, Ron and Amy in the car, Doctor. I'm talking with Sue in Missouri. Sue, you're still there. Yes, I'm still
3: here.
1: You know, the the, the thing that came to my mind as as we were taking that pause is. You know, the vehicle's seven years old, it's got some 100,000 miles on it, and and I don't want to burst your bubble or or, or make you nervous, but from a practical point of view, you're you're at that prime point of where things could, I'm not saying they will, but could start to fail. So, you know, you've got to have a plan B of, you know, what if, what will you do if. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this car could go another 100,000 miles trouble-free, this car could turn a check engine light on next week. You know, you're, you're right at that age group. So it makes the argument for, in the case of, hopefully you're putting away a little money every month when you don't have major repairs that's in the budget, something as a down payment or something for repairs for the next repair or the next vehicle. And it's, it's just become so necessary today. Uh, you know, I was reading a report just recently. It talked about the, um, it came out this week that the president is trying to, uh, they're going to, Change pricing on gas cars. They want to make gas cars more expensive, beginning with model year 2027, to help increase EV vehicle sales. And there was an there was a point in this article where it talked about the average EV vehicle was sixty four thousand dollars, and I'm just quoting the news versus a comparable sized compact vehicle for twenty seven thousand dollars. So even a, a a compact car today is still twenty seven thousand dollars, which is it's a lot of money. Uh, You know, it's if you don't have it, it's a lot. It's it's, it's a whole lot of money. Even if you have it, it's a lot of money. So my point becomes that a decent used, you know, two or three year old something is still going to be 15 to 20 grand. And you've got to be prepared for that. But. Back to your well, question. I,
3: I I have the money, you know, if, if, if need be. Right. Um, I've always bought a new car. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, of a possible, you know, used car. I'm not going to get an electric car. I absolutely refuse to get electric. All right. Uh, if yeah, I have my... to go to have them, build, you know, build it at the factory and bring it to me, that's fine. But I will not buy electric Yeah, cars.
1: no, and my point wasn't just to, to, to tell you to buy an electric car. I was just using that as a, as a... I just read the article and the number was in my head with regards to... Uh, you know what what EVs cost. What what uh, you know current gas powered cars cost from a price point. You know mm-hmm, what 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 mm-hmm. what I think I want to impress upon you. I want to go back to your first question. What's a tune up? A tune up. A tune up by definition is whatever it takes to make the vehicle operate as designed. So what does that mean? Okay. What 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 can that be? Um, depending upon the car, at 96,000 miles, that's that's likely spark plugs. In the case of your escape, it's spark plugs, if they've never been done. All right? It's, it's typically a fuel system cleaning, where they're going to put some sort of a fuel system additive in the tank uh, and do a cleaning process where they clean up carbon deposits that have formed inside the engine, you know, that will help the engine run more efficient and run longer and get better fuel economy. If you're curious to see the process, go out to BerrymanProducts.com. Berryman makes a great fuel system cleaning process, and they've got a great in-tank additive. They've got a great video there at BerrymanProducts.com that shows why it's effective and why it's important, but that's typically something done at the 100,000 mile mark, it's, it's usually done every 30 to 50,000 miles, depending on how you drive. But if it's never been done on your particular car, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be wonderful. Uh, one of the things you did not mention that I did not hear you say is you, they did an air filter. Did anybody ever do a cabin filter?
3: I, d- I don't know. They just came and said a filter need to be changed and at ninety six thousand. I thought or ninety one thousand. I said change it. What right. it was, I have no sure. idea. Sure,
1: there's a there's a filter down under the dashboard, to the right side where the passengers' feet sit, that helps filter the air coming in for the heating and the air conditioning. It would be the same filter. Do you have air conditioning in the house, or do you have forced hot air heat in the house?
3: Yes, I the, just have regular air conditioning in
1: the house. Right there, there would be there would be a filter um, in a forced yes. hot air or a forced air conditioning system. There Correct. would be a, a, a pollen filter. Cars have the same yeah. thing. If, if it's never been changed okay. by now, it's 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 overloaded, and there there's two concerns there. Number one, you're breathing all this contaminant when you use the air or the heat. Number two, if it can't filter and protect the system, it gets overloaded, and now dirt and debris and leaves and whatever else starts to adhere itself, gets past the filter and adhere itself to the AC evaporator core and the heater core and you know, it makes a mess. So is a cabin filter part of a tune-up? Yeah, sure if it makes the car you know if it improves the vehicle's performance and operation, uh, you know it's not going to get better gas mileage, but it's going to be safer for you and, and make a better experience in terms of driving. So okay. you know those are the things you do. Fluids, by now at a hundred thousand mile, and seven years old, every fluid in the car should have been changed at least once. All right, you did okay. you did transmission fluid at seventy three. When was the last time brake mm-hmm. fluid was flushed? When was the last time coolant was exchanged or replaced? All right, if there's yeah. a if okay. there's a rear differential, if this is an all wheel drive escape, there's a rear. No, dif- it's not. It's not. It's a front I wheel don't drive.
3: Think it's all
1: wheel. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. If there, if it was an all wheel, there's a rear differential where fluid has to be replaced. Uh, depending upon what the undercarriage looks like from a rust perspective. Usually by now the rear shocks on the escapes are starting to lose their paint and they're pretty rusted and cruddy. So an overall evaluation of any rust that might have formed on it's important. You know, I would I would find, and again, it's this is about that relationship thing. You know, it's you, you go to a doctor and you say, Hey, doc, I don't really feel good. I don't really feel bad. I just want to know what kind of shape I'm in. What do they do? They give you a physical, right? Stick out your tongue, say, uh... And um, they give you a look over, and they come back, and they go, Sue, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do that. Here's the good news, here's the bad news. An overall evaluation. It's a doctor mm-hmm. you've been going to, it's a doctor you trust. You've got to walk into this dealership where it doesn't sound like they're doing a lot more than just changing oil, because they didn't tell you about the tires that were bald, and that's why you're hydroplaning, and that's a concern I've got. But you've got to hope that they will play the game straight and tell you, hey, Sue, here's what the vehicle needs and not oversell you and not undersell you, just give you a reality check. Do you have to do it all at once? It depends on what they come back with, but maybe you can start to bite the sandwich one piece at a time. Or maybe it's motivation to say, hey, what's this car worth in a tough market? And maybe that's the answer. And you go find a replacement vehicle. And don't say it's too expensive. Don't say it's not out there until you know. It just takes a little bit of homework and some footwork and effort, if that makes any sense. Makes sense? Okay.
3: All righty. All right. Well, thank, thank you very, very much. You're
1: very welcome, Sue. Did you have any other questions? And I want you, to make sure I got them all. I got them all?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's just a tune-up, the road trip. You know, I figured, yeah. you know, when they do the tune-up, they'll uh, let me. I said, you know, I'm going to go down to Florida. Right. Uh, drive down to Florida. And... um you know, I just have them check the belts and things like that. Belts, hoses, wiper sure. blades, lights. Yeah, I got I got new blades for them to put on. Okay. So, uh, you know, I know that they need to be changed. Right. And so I, I, just, I just didn't want to, you know, break down, you know, right. by myself along the road.
1: So, AAA, do you, have tri- um, do you have AAA, so?
3: I have emergency road service. Okay,
1: yep, and that's important. And you carry a cell phone.
3: Correct, Good. correct. Okay,
1: I'm just trying to keep you safe, so, kiddo.
3: Well, well, thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. And you have a very blessed Easter.
1: You too. Be well. Take good thank care. Thank you. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. I can't stress enough the amount of forethought you have to put in to have a good experience. So when you go in for the repair shop, you know, that's just sort of like what I was talking about in the beginning, the inconvenience of repair. Um, it, it It sounds like, and I'm not sure that Sue has that relationship yet, or she hasn't found what she's looking for in the way of a repair shop or you know she has to have the experience of maybe she hasn't had a great experience and she's just hopping around but it's just important to have that i'm telling you a good mechanic well listen you know how we close the show um uh it's it really is true a good mechanic is priceless 855-560-9900 i'm running of the car doctor i'll be back right after this don't go away
0: it's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road if you're gearing up to get outside, Amazon Automotive is here to help. Whether you're hitting the beach, the trail, or somewhere in between, you'll find great deals on parts and accessories for your car, truck, motorcycle, or RV. Simply visit us online to customize your vehicle with a wide selection of floor mats, bike racks, camping equipment, power sports, accessories, and more. Get going today at Amazon.com automotive. That's Amazon.com automotive.
2: at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back. Martin
1: Name the car doctor. You know, Mark Mills was right. We had Mark Mills on the show. We've had Mark on a couple of times talking about the EV transition and uh, some of the things that have to go on and uh, happen in order for it to work. And already I'm reading stories about the car companies uh, cutting back on the EV transition that they're, you know, they're Going to continue with gas cars, and it's not so easy to get us to switch to electric and so forth. And then I came across this article um, from uh, IEEE Spectrum. Is the website? It's a technical uh, magazine. It's, it's a uh, written by Harry Goldstein, and Harry talks about one engineer's quest to wrap his mind around the challenges of EV and the EV transition. And I'm just reporting the news here, folks. Uh, you know, get, get get a hard hat if you don't like it. Um, the article talks about over the past 20 years or so, contributing editor Robert Charette has written about some of the thorniest issues facing the planet at large and engineers in particular for IEE Spectrum. He's dug into software reliability and maintenance and the automation paradox examining those complex topics through the eyes of a seasoned risk analyst who, an analyst who has consulted for governments and corporations for five decades. And he goes on, Harry goes on to talk about, you know, how he's been Bob's editor on various things and it gets into the meat and the potatoes of the EV transition and the thing that i thought was interesting is harry writes about the power grid transformers these essential voltage converting components are designed to cool down at night and harry points out when power consumption is typically low but with the more with more people charging evs at home at night The 30-year design life of a transformer is expected to drop to perhaps no more than three years once mass adoption of EVs take hold. Transformers can cost more than $20,000 each currently, and they're already in short supply in many countries, ours included. And uh, Bob, uh, Harry goes on to talk about how Bob Charette examines factors like that and dozens of others in the last year and a half and about the research he's doing on the transition to EV and you know, the attempts bottom line he comes down to the same conclusion i've made as well as so many others that it has to be done in scale it has to be done at some level to you know make it um, possible to make it obtainable that it's not an impossible feat that it's not going to leave us high and dry and that's uh, you can find this out at um uh you know ieespectrum.com i believe is the website or spectrum.com if you just go and uh, google search harry goldstein uh the scale of ev transition it's a great read it's about a three minute read it's very interesting and uh, it makes me think that they're finally starting to see things for what they are that i you know it's 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 not such a simple process heck we were coming home last night and i felt bad for the guy there was a tesla at the off ramp of 287 here in new jersey and he was trying to drive the car on the booster pack. The battery had died. He ran out of electricity, and he had a old-style school jump pack tucked up to the car. And he was trying to move the car, and it wouldn't move. And he got a little bit further down the off ramp, and the tow truck was just pulling up, and they were going to put him up on the back of the tow truck and uh, haul it away. So he just he ran out of electricity. And and I realize cars run out of gas. I'm not saying that it's not impossible, but uh, you know, perhaps his trip was interrupted. I'm reading also a lot of reports. People are finding out that the EV range isn't what it should be, especially, especially when, uh, you know, cold weather persists. There were, I was reading a story uh, yesterday uh, talking about that they estimated this year, this past winter, people found out the average life cycle of their EV, the average range dropped uh, down instead of the expected range. It dropped down to about 30 percent of what was expected simply by cold weather so it's still a problem so i don't know where they're coming up with these numbers that we're going to make this transformation in less than well less than 12 years now uh less than 10 in some states so i think these guys are out of their minds but you know what do i know i'm just a dumb mechanic 855-560-9900 the car doctor's coming back right after this don't go away
0: it's a time of year when everyone is making plans to hit the road
2: at Edu. Welcome
1: back. We're on the of The Car Doctor. Let's get over to Sandy in Virginia, 13 Toyota Camry. Sandy, how can I help?
4: Yes, I had a question. It's been, I'm the second owner. I've had it seven years. I just had some work done, some ground things, and they told me that I'm going to need tires in about six months, and on this model, something else, I forgot what it was, could go... If I listen to it riding down the road, that could be going out. I'm just wondering, when's the best time to for me to tr- to sell that traded in and get another used car? With the crazy way the market is right now, what do you suggest? And I'm looking at um total RAVS, with maybe a hybrid? What do you think about that? A used, of course.
1: Um, I think that if you, I think you have to try, right? I think you have to find out. You got to know what you're dealing with. All right. You may find that your car is worth more than you realize. Never negotiate with yourself. You can go out online. Go to kbb.com, kellybluebook.com. Give you a rough idea of vehicle value in your area. You can also go out to the dealer websites and see what they're selling comparable 13 Camrys for with comparable mileage. Forget the tires. And it sounds like maybe you're describing a wheel bearing that somebody say maybe somebody said wheel bearing to you. Does that no, ring No, it wasn't a
4: wheel Something else that you're riding down the road, you hear this noise, and that model is known for that could be happening. Sway bar. Bar links, sway bar
1: bushings, something like that, or uh, noisy struts? I, yeah, I'd have to know.
4: No, um, no, I've already got struts. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. And um, I'm just concerned instead sort of putting a lot of money in them, I and I don't like... How many, car? how many miles are on this car?
1: How many miles are on this car?
4: 138000 Yeah, and
1: that would be a great time to get rid of it, if you can, you know, whatever you yeah, get. that's
4: what I was thinking. You know, and you, yeah. almost
1: have to, you almost have to consider, let's baseline it, right? Let's say it's between tires and whatever else they want to replace. Did they give you a price? Did they t- give you some idea of cost?
4: It's about nine hundred dollars. Whatever right. the other thing was.
1: So it's it's a thousand dollars of widgets plus maybe the other thing. Maybe it's going to be fifteen hundred by the time things pan out because right. it'll be a surprise. So let's say let's say you look it up and your car's worth five. Your car's really worth sixty five because you don't have to put the fifteen hundred into it if you can get the five for it in the shape that it's in without tires. So right, because you know, Camrys
4: only let go to like two hundred thousand miles, maybe two fifty. Yeah, yeah, I've
1: seen two two fifty. It all depends on maintenance and how you care for it, and who's caring for it, etc. Okay. But bottom bottom line comes back to you know even if you got four for it, and let's say it's worth five, and you don't have to put fifteen hundred in it, you're still five hundred ahead. You know you don't right. know you don't know what you don't know. You don't know until you right. try. So it's what's the replacement vehicle going to cost? What's out there as far as buying a hybrid RAV4? Yeah, I think the hybrids are very well built. I think they're over-engineered. We see very few problems with them. Um, I think that's something to consider as long as the mechanic or shop you go to is capable of servicing it. If you go to the dealer, great. If you go to an independent, ask them, are they schooled in hybrid? Can they take care of that vehicle just to make sure you're not creating a problem later on down the line? I appreciate the call, Sandy. Good luck to you. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.
3: 18 plus.